Relationships Like the podcast, helping you design the relationship you want. With couples therapy costing a pretty penny, Relationship Psych gives you access to couples therapy insights without spending a dime. Tune in for discussions on communication, managing conflict, recovering from infidelity, attachment, and more. I'm your host, Amber Dawson. I'm a psychologist and couples therapist. A few of my favorite things are my husband, grapes, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Simply by listening, you're gonna get tools to help you and your partner create a loving and harmonious relationship that can withstand the test of time. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be misconstrued for specific relationship advice. For advice for your specific relationship, seek out a local couples therapist in your area. Welcome back to Relationships Like the Podcast. Today we are talking about four sticking points to overcome to become a better communicator. As we head into 2024, and maybe you've been thinking about your New Year's resolutions and New Year's goals, a very common one is to improve your relationship. One of the busiest times in my practice is actually in January, when I'm not currently working. And if you're still wanting to work with me, check back March 2024, when I'll be opening up my calendar to start accepting new clients for April of 2024, when I come back from maternity leave. So if you want to feel close, connected, heard, understood, like you and your partner are on the same team when you're communicating, I have found through Instagram questions, through questionnaires with my clients, through talking to my clients, through the research, that there are four really big sticking points to becoming a better communicator that get in the way of couples achieving the results they really want. So let's talk about those four things. Here's the first one, it's willingness. Let's dive deep. So back in the lockdown life of 2020, I felt like the walls were closing in on me. My partner and I lived in a 681 square foot condo and it felt more like hundred square feet. We were bored out of our mind. Uh, my husband convinced me to go camping. I'm not like really like the camping type. I wasn't not just any camping, but he also bought this inflatable raft and we did some backcountry camping to these sites that could only be accessible by boat. So if you knew me prior to the pandemic, heck, if you know me now, you'll know I don't like bugs, bugs of any kind. I don't like spiders. Spiders in the house make me squeal. If I see a spider in my house, I need to get rid of it. I paid for spider whatever stuff to make sure the spiders on the outside of my house weren't getting the inside of my house this year. I don't like spiders. I'm also deathly afraid of ticks because I overestimate the likelihood of getting Lyme disease and I don't really like getting wet. So if you told me I would be backcountry camping on the French river in Ontario, Canada, you probably would have bought tickets to watch me in the wilderness. But today I have my own sleeping pad my own lightweight sleeping bag, a knife, tactical camping pants that zip off at the knee. And given my love of anti-aging skincare, curling my hair and crop tops, zip off pants were not really something I thought I was going to own. And since I have a strong, irrational fear of bugs and being, you know, someone that just doesn't like them at all, being an avid backcountry camper, not just camper, seemed like almost as likely as me starring in the next romantic comedy with Matthew McConaughey. So not likely at all. Why am I telling you about my camping trip in this podcast about couples communication? Well, because if you're learning to communicate better with someone, it takes a lot more than being willing to do a few things. You have to also be willing to gain some tactical tools and do some things you've never done. Chances are, it's not going to feel organic. It's not going to feel genuine. Being a great communicator is one of those things that requires you to learn new skills. And unless you're some innate 
communication genius or you were raised with really great parents that taught you these skills, a lot of great communication isn't going to feel organic or genuine, making it feel like a struggle. That is why you need willingness to become a better communicator. Because when you try the new things, it's not going to feel genuine. It's not going to feel organic. It's going to feel awful. But hey, now that I have gone backcountry camping in the wilderness all these times, when I go with my zip-off pants, my sleeping bag, my own sleeping pad, it feels organic. It feels like me. Because I'm used to these things, I figured out how to get the gear that makes me feel like me in the wilderness. I've got the things that fit right, and I'm like, okay, this isn't so bad. Yes, sometimes I have to go to bed as soon as the sun goes down to get away from the mosquitoes, or heck, maybe I'm going to wear a mosquito mesh net thing. But those things feel like me because I've used the tools enough. I was willing to use the tools enough, often enough, that being in the backcountry wilderness felt organic and natural, when in the beginning, it didn't. So they, the new skills, trying to do things different, takes practice, persistence, so that you can achieve some sort of thing that feels organic and natural to you. Remember, if you ever watched a little kid riding a bike, at first, doesn't feel so organic, so natural, they fall off. But once you've learned how to ride that bike, all you have to do is hop back on and basically you can ride it. But it ha you have to be willing to gain the skills and the tools to do the thing to make it second nature. The second thing that gets in the way of people becoming great communicators is they say, well, what's the point? I'm just gonna fall back into old patterns. Well, like any change you're gonna try to make, yeah, of course you're gonna fall into old patterns. That is a normal part of the change process. In February, 2018, my doctor told me to limit my caffeine intake to two cups a day. I love coffee. My first job was at the Great Canadian Bagel when I was 14 years old. I would hit my alarm clock at 4.30 in the morning, tumble out of bed, my dad would drive me, and I'd wake up delirious at the bakery. Now, I remember the first time a coworker put a dark, hot brew in my hands. The sip was not delish, but eventually it became the best part of waking up. Now, after I would have that coffee, the cops would, would, would clear in my brain, and, you know, I'd have a little bit of pep, a little bit of zip in my step. So after 2018, it took a while to really get used to only having one or two cups a day because I could drink a whole pot. Like that wasn't uncommon. It took a lot of willingness and effort to figure out how to have a new morning routine that put some pep or some zip in my step, or even just have a little bit of cobwebs in my head that weren't cleared because I couldn't have the coffee to do it. But I set out on a mission to follow the doctor's orders. Today, I usually just have one cup of coffee and that's all I need. Yes, I love the sparkling acidity that dances on my tongue, and I love that part of my morning ritual. Yes, there are times I salivate and wish for the second cup, but I can have something else. I have that internal kind of checking point that says, okay, I don't need this today. But there have been times that despite my best intentions, I would fall back into the old pattern. Now, sure, I've been discouraged. Just like if you're trying to communicate differently, you could be discouraged too. Being discouraged and falling back into old patterns is a normal part of the change process. But as long as you don't give up and you jump back on the horse and do the next thing, the next day, the next time, do the next right thing, eventually you're gonna get a change. Change happens when you face resistance head on and keep making efforts to change, despite it being hard. That's normal. You have to go through resistance to change. 
The third reason that many people don't become better communicators is they're feeling vulnerable. They have fear around it. So right now I have a new baby and I have found my communication skills falling back because I am tired and I'm resentful and I'm overwhelmed just because of the massive undertaking change in my life. And one of my fears and vulnerabilities in communicating differently right now that I've come to realize is my fear that my partner either can't meet my needs or he doesn't want to meet my needs. And so rather than communicate well, reasonably, clearly, articulately, there have been times where I have been less than tactful, even though I know better and how I'm communicating, because this slides back to my vulnerability and fear. What if I tell him what I need and he doesn't do it? So to protect myself, you know, I just get mad. Maybe I yell, maybe I send a nasty text message, some form of communication that really isn't going to help me in the long run. In the short term, it maybe feels good and is self-protecting, but it's not getting my needs met. It feels vulnerable to ask for what I need, whether that's for my husband to come rock the baby for a bit, whether that's to just fill up my water, arrange the blankets on my side of the bed so that when I crawl in after getting the baby down, that it feels nice and cozy. Maybe it's I need him to do my laundry. Like, I don't know what it's going to be right now, but having a baby has really shifted what I need in a given day, what I need from my husband, how I rely on my husband and what I need from him in parenting. And it's so easy to slide into like, he should just know what I need kind of thinking, but how would he know? He doesn't live in my head. He has no idea what it's like to be a breastfeeding my mother. He's got no idea what it's like to have the relationship that I have with our son. He has his own beautiful relationship, but due to the nature of what we can do for our beautiful little baby, our roles are different. And so to coach him to be the partner I need, I have to tell him, express those needs. And expressing those needs feels tremendously scary, tremendously vulnerable because yes, I wish he would just know, but he doesn't. And that is so normal that our partners don't just know. That's another actually thing that gets in the way of communicating well is assuming your partner should just know these assumptions get people in big time trouble. Your partner isn't going to just know. And if they do sometimes like that's fantastic, but they don't. So my core fear is he's not going to be there for me. He's not going to be my teammate. He's going to abandon me. So I don't communicate well, or it just feels too raw. So if you're one of those people that trying a new skill, communicating your needs, your desires, how you're really feeling feels vulnerable, I feel you. And I am a pretty good communicator. And I teach people to communicate their vulnerability for a living, but it can still be so scary to communicate your desires, your hopes, your wishes, your hurts, your pains, your angers, your sadnesses in a vulnerable way. And to protect that vulnerability, it often comes up in anger and aggression or passive aggressive or just stonewalling or not talking. So to be that great communicator, we have to step into the vulnerability and be willing to take the risk that if we communicate well, our partner will hear us. And if they don't, that provides you valuable data about the kind of partnership you have and what you're willing or not willing to do about it. The fourth sticking point that right now is something I see on social media all the time about why people aren't communicating very well is they don't want to change for someone. I've noticed in today's society, social media, there's a lot of talk about don't change for any person, but to be in a functional partnership, you do 
have to change for your partner. You have to learn to adapt to each other. You have to learn how to co-create an amazing team. You have to learn how to sacrifice for each other. I'm not saying give up who you are at all, but I am saying you're going to need to compromise. You're going to need to learn to give and take in how you communicate with your unique partner, with your unique sets of preferences and challenges and wishes and dreams so that you two can communicate well together. So to be in partnership does mean a necessity to change a little to be a great team together. For example, in the past, I mean, heck, sometimes now, I want to talk things out here and now. I used to think raising my voice, yelling was perfectly fine and okay. And like many of my clients, I thought if I was upset, I had the right to voice that upset loudly because they caused the pain, they should fix it. However, that loud voicing pushed my partner away as it does many people. I mean, just think, if you hear loud yelling on the street, are you headed to walk right into that or are you gonna walk away? Most people are gonna walk away. So what I had to come to realize is if I wanted to be heard and understood, it was my responsibility to learn to communicate in a way my partner could hear. That meant I had to adopt a calm and respectful tone which is true of almost all communication. When you communicate in a common, respectful way, you're increasing the chances your partner is going to hear you. So I could express my hurt and anger without coming off as hostile. And I recently had a client say to me like, I'm so upset, aren't I allowed to express that? Of course you are, but you can express that without screaming. You can say, I am so hurt and upset by blah, blah, blah. You can express that verbally using your words rather than raising your voice or throwing things or whatever it is with your actions. So literally just say it in a calm and respectful way, which takes willingness. So you have to be willing to change a little bit. So you have to understand like, how does your partner want to be communicated with? And that's a great conversation that I have with so many of my clients. How do you want to be communicated with? How can I raise difficult issues for you? How do you want me to tell you when I'm upset about something? So that you two together can create a game plan so you can try new behaviors, hence change, to become a great team. And if you become a great team and you make small changes to communicate better together, chances are you're going to have great communication. So as we head into 2024, think about the communication you want to have. Do you want to feel like roommates, adversaries, feel confused about if you're even compatible? Or do you want to feel like friends, lovers, and be confident in your future together? So if you want a great relationship, you're likely going to have to make some changes in your communication and hopefully your partner will too. Together, you can try new strategies to create a dream team, a dream communication team. But first, it's key to overcome these four sticking points that get in the way of becoming great communicators. So those are willingness, old patterns, fear or vulnerability, and not wanting to change. So as you think about 2024, what are you willing to do differently? Despite old patterns, despite that fear, how can you show up a little bit different this year. Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couples therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.